I think most people work too hard getting buy-in. Mm -hmm. Mostly what you need is permission. Okay. Mm. Okay. Okay. Talk so, about that. Talk so about if that. you're a leader, one of the things that God gives leaders is leaders can see a future, and leaders can see a future before other people can see it. Mm -hmm. And leaders also see maybe not all the details of it, but a path or trajectory that might get you to that future. Mm. So that's what leaders do: is they move people from where we are along this trajectory to the future that God's shown us that we believe can happen. Yeah. And so, um, you don't have to have buy-in about the future. You need permission. Yeah. Part of permission is resources, which is why a network like Send is so powerful. Yeah, so good. Because not only do you have permission, okay, I'm not sure if I believe you're going to go where you think you're going. Mm -hmm. I'm not even sure I'm going to go all the way with you. But you know what? Give it a shot. We're not yeah. going to stand in your way. And then Send and some other partnering churches come around and go, we'll resource you. Yeah. Family, multiplication, restoration. I'm Dahadi Lewis. Join me, Noah Odom and Hayden Radden, as we come to you from Atlanta, St. Louis, and Las Vegas, as we seek to add value to your church planning journey. We'll have real-time, authentic conversations that are relevant to the life of the church planner and pastor. Join us as we hear from leaders of this movement from across North America and discover what it really takes to plant churches everywhere for everyone. Welcome back to the We Are Send Network podcast. My name is Noah Oldham, the lead pastor of August Gate in St. Louis, joined as always by Dahadi Lewis, lead pastor of Blueprint in Atlanta, and Hayden Ratner, the senior pastor of Walk Church in Las Vegas, Nevada. We're here at SBC 21, recording live this week, opportunity to meet with all kinds of people from all kinds of places as we join together as a family of churches. So today we have special guest, Jimmy Scroggins, Come the on. lead pastor a family church in South Florida. Welcome, Jimmy. Blessing. Glad to be with you guys. So good. He didn't get the dress code before we came. He doesn't know he's... I, mean, this isn't, he's, I know. I wasn't ready for the church planner gig. No, <laughs> no. I have my Al Mohler starter kit on. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah so, so there is a really, cool, a really cool story behind this. So uh, every Wednesday uh, at the SBC annual meeting, it's the seminary lunches. And, and not only is Jimmy a, an alumnus of Southern Seminary, but, but tell me the designation from 2019. All right, so 2019, they, they gave me the award as the alumnus of the year. Wow. the year. And that was 2019, and they give it out every year. But last year, there was no meeting. Mm -hmm. So I'm the only back-to-back -back alumnus. Hey. Yes. That's what I'm saying. Yes. Yes. That's what I'm saying. Worthy. So, Worthy of the blazer. Tweet out the blazer. And yeah, for those of you who are online that who are just listening to the audio, he has the... Is this a two piece, three piece? I mean, two piece, do you ever man. like, piece, you know, and we're, we got our J's and, yeah. you know. Yeah, we're but, doing our best. So, I, you know, so it's just... But Jimmy looks say, good. He looks so much good. cooler than me. No, no, he looks good. He just looks good. But no tie, button out, sharp. Yeah. The, he said it's the Al Mohler starter kit. Yeah. And no, no, uh, no bow tie yet, but we'll yeah. see. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Yep. Well, I, I believe you deserve that title of alumnus of the year um, because, and God has done a lot of great things through your ministry, Jimmy. Um, South Florida. So we, your church isn't just in West Palm because you have a multiplication strategy that God has worked out. I want us to talk today about multiplication. So as we jump into the subject, just tell us, where does the heart for multiplication come from? Mm. I think the whole heart for multiplication has to come from God, yeah. right? Because we think God's a multiplying God. In the first chapter of Genesis, the first instructions from God to people are be fruitful and yeah, multiply. multiply. Right. And so you see all the way through the Old Testament when God has his hand on people, they multiply with children, and he gives them land. Yeah. And that's kind of the symbols, the signs of God's blessing on people in the Old Testament. New Testament, Jesus transforms that. And Jesus says, now I want you to multiply, right. but I want you to multiply disciples. Yeah. And the way that they did that in the book of Acts is they multiply disciples by multiplying congregations. Yep. Mm -hmm. And so they have these multiplying churches 
that are the local outposts of multiplication all over the world and everywhere that Christians can go. Yeah. So to me, that's where it comes from. We're the inheritors of that movement started by Jesus and the apostles. Good. And we're trying to do in our day, by the power of the Holy Spirit, under the guidance from the scriptures, what they were doing in the first century. Mm. But but you're not a church planner like a lot of people listening where you went down to West Palm and planted a church and then multiplied. You actually came in and established church. That's great. And, and moved it to, I would say, my description of it would be from the outside looking in, a radical direction of multiplication in good. a good way. But how does that happen? Well, I would just say I would be the last one to call it. We're doing radical because it's not radical enough, I assure you. Sure. Yeah. And... Um, when you look at the vast lostness and the depth of the lostness and the darkness in our neighborhoods in South Florida, just like they are where everyone else is planting and serving, um, we really aren't moving the needle fast enough mm, far enough. Mm, so let me wow. say that. But yeah, it's real. we did come into a uh, downtown legacy First Baptist Church. Our church looks like a wedding cake inside and outside. <laughs> it's got columns, steeple, and it was a serious, like a super Baptist-y church. Um, over the years, we've... Um, continue to embrace our theology mm -hmm. and our network, but um, we've tried to change our tone and change our presentation wow. and, and try to change, make it so that our church looks like the community that we're trying to reach. So mm -hmm. good. And so that's what we've been working at and God's honored that, but there's so many great people that have been involved in that. So I'm extremely hesitant to act as if there was some, you know, I, I don't believe in great man leadership. Sure. So like, I'm not trying to act like, hey, you know, I'm not Moses who goes up on the mountain, hears from God and comes down and tells all the little people what God said. Now we're doing this together as a team, right. as a movement, as a family. Wow. But talk a little bit about that. Talk mm. about this wow. transferring and helping people to get vision, whether it's people who, because we were, you know, church planters and different people that are trying to get people to buy mm. into a vision, right. or sometimes, a lot of times churches are dying and then mm. our church planters inherit different congregations. Yeah. So they get a, a large amount of people that they're trying to get to buy in, and how do we get them to switch from that, you know, whatever mindset, whatever culture, it could be healthy, unhealthy, mm -hmm. yep. to a multiplying, you know, culture, Good. you know, because that's what we, what you see the shifts, because I don't want, you know, it's real easy for you just to say, yeah, it wasn't, it was a lot, but no, talk about some specific things that you did to help move the congregation. Well, one of the things we did, we changed our name, because mm -hmm. we felt like a, the First Baptist Church of West Palm Beach, there's two things, one, uh, when you talk to unchurched or irreligious people and say, if you were thinking about going to church, what are you thinking? Mm. None of them are going to say, I'm thinking a First Baptist. Mm -hmm. That's just not. So we already have kind of a barrier with our name. It's not a barrier to me. Right. I've, I've been, actually been a member of four different First Baptist churches over the my course of my life. So wow. it fits me fine. But when it comes to irreligious and unchurched people in our community, what we want to do is we want to present a different face. The other thing is we need to change our tone. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of things that happen in the media. There's a lot of people with the name Baptist on them from Westboro Baptist to others to what, some of what's going on this week at our own convention mm -hmm. that I don't want to have to explain to unchurched or irreligious people mm -hmm. before I can even get around to trying to have yeah. a gospel conversation. Sure. Yeah. We felt like the term, the name family church changed our tone. Yeah. Everybody doesn't feel the freedom to do that. That's been extremely helpful to us. Second, sec, second thing is, Dahadi, you said about uh, how do you get buy-in. So I think most people work too hard getting buy-in. Mm -hmm. Mostly what you need is permission. 
Okay. Mm. Okay. Mm. Okay. Talk so, so if that. you're a leader, one of the things that God gives leaders is leaders can see a future, and leaders can see a future before other people can see it. Mm -hmm. And leaders also see maybe not all the details of it, but a path or trajectory that might get you to that future. Mm. So that's what leaders do: is they move people from where we are along this trajectory to the future that God's shown us that we believe can happen. Yeah. And so, um, you don't have to have buy-in about the future. You need permission. Yeah. Part of permission is resources, which is why a network like Send is so powerful. Yeah, so good. Because not only do you have permission, okay, I'm not sure if I believe you're going to go where you think you're going. Mm -hmm. I'm not even sure I'm going to go all the way with you. But you know what? Give it a shot. We're not yeah. going to stand in your way. And then Send and some other partnering churches come around and go, we'll resource you. Yeah. And now you have the opportunity to start walking the path toward the future that God's showing you. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's yeah. awesome. That's really yeah, cool. I love that right there. When I think about the name Family Church, the location of where you guys are pastoring, almost said planting, but yeah, planting too. Um, that That's a diverse collection of people in that Florida area. And so you have to, if you're gonna reach your community, if you want your church to reflect your city, you gotta be open to family and a multi-ethnic family, multicultural family. Has that been some of your intentional strategic push? I know that's, that's in you, that's in your heart. Mm -hmm. Praise God you lead that way. But have you been, have, have you tried to be intentional to try to have your church body reflect your community in that way? Yeah, so we've worked really hard at trying to make sure that the leadership of our church, who's preaching, who's leading music, mm. lay leadership, looks like the community we're trying to serve. Wow. And now, fortunately, we live in a place in South Florida that's not only diverse, because every urban area is diverse, yeah. but it's integrated. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, not every cosmopolitan area mm -hmm. is integrated, but but it's integrated. And there's a are. difference between those two words. Big difference. Yeah. Okay, That's so good. like Louisville, where I lived before I moved to West Palm Beach, was highly diverse, not integrated. Yeah, interesting. By and large. Mm. I moved to South Florida. Whoa, my neighborhood's integrated, schools are integrated. So it's, so it's a totally different vibe. So I don't get a hero cookie for yeah. Mm -hmm. doing what everyone else is. But already you feel doing. like you're a missionary in your neighborhood, you know? That's true. Yeah. And I tell you, um, you know, one of the one of the best things, so what we say is we're trying to put a neighborhood church in a neighborhood building with a neighborhood pastor who speaks the neighborhood language wow. in every neighborhood in South Florida. Wow. Well so said. that Good. means that some of the neighborhoods are going to look diverse. Yeah. Some of the neighborhoods aren't diverse. No. So we need to make sure we have a church with a pastor who can speak the language of that neighborhood. Right to reach them for who yeah. they are. Whether we're planting awareness. an autonomous church, or whether we're planting a campus, mm -hmm. or whether we're revitalizing an existing church, we mm -hmm. wanna do all that, because the, the, the pattern in the book of Acts is that stronger churches fund and strengthen new churches yeah. and struggling churches. Mm -hmm. yep. That's the pattern. Wow. So if we wanna follow mm -hmm. the pattern, what are we gonna do if we're gonna be a stronger wow. church in our community? And we're not a perfect, but we're gonna fund and strengthen new churches and struggling churches. Can we talk about that idea of, of, of empowering new churches, right? Mm -hmm. And you mentioned in there campuses, autonomous. Mm -hmm. so, you had, so your multiplication strategy is not like uh, we bought into one strategy, all no. campuses, but you're doing a both and, mm -hmm. right? Talk to you about like, what are some of the things, the process that determine whether or not it is gonna be a campus or um, mm -hmm. a, a site or a camp, you know, or an autonomous yeah. church. Well, it really starts with the leader. So if we have a leader in our network or someone comes to us and says, hey, and, and by the way, our, our total, um, our church planning efforts beyond South Florida are through SEND. Our uh -huh. contributions to SEND or anything we can do. Our hands-on church planning is only South Florida. So we just kind of said, this is our mission field. This is where we're pouring beyond mm -hmm. the cooperative program, what we give to Annie Armstrong. We're, we're going to 
we're gonna go South Florida. Yeah. So my buddy calls me from Boise, Idaho, man, I'm playing a church. It's, I'm like, man, praise God, I love you, I will pray for you. Um, we're funding you through sins. Mm -hmm. But if my buddy calls us, I'm planting a church in Fort Lauderdale, all right, let's have a conversation. We may fund you beyond what we give to sound. Yeah. So we're willing to fund. So lots of time a leader wants to do it their own way. They don't need a lot of coaching from us, maybe mm -hmm. a little. Mm -hmm. um, but I mean, they're autonomous. They've got a vision for it. What we want to do is pour rocket fuel on a fire. Mm -hmm. And so yeah. let's see if we can help it go. But some guys say, you know, I would do a lot better in the structure that you have in the yeah. family church network. Yep. I need some help with my preaching. I need some help with my backroom processes. Mm -hmm. And we'll give a lot more if they're at campus than we will to an autonomous yeah. church. And then some people are, um, sometimes these churches come to us and they're struggling and they say, hey, we're struggling so bad, we need to be adopted into the family church network. We need to become family church. That's our best path forward. Yeah. And we're willing to do that, but that's not a requirement. We yeah. also strengthen churches whether they become family church or not. How many people are in the um, family churches? How many family churches do you have? Uh, 13 right now. We'll have 14 or 15 probably by the end of the year. Okay. Wow. And how do you keep that connection between so the, the, the pastors and the and the leaders to to uh, be family? Like, is it a dysfunctional family? Maybe ask me next. Uh, <laughs> you probably better ask some other people besides me. I really don't think that is. I actually think if you yeah. came to family church and talked to anybody you want, they'll all say it's not perfect because nothing is. But the, the word family is not just a word. I mean, it's a Bible concept yeah. of how we're supposed to relate to one another as we think our our identity as Christians has to rise above any other identities that yeah. we have. It's got to rise above our ethnic identity, cultural identity, national identity. It's got to rise above all, even, even our blood family on earth. Right. Our Christian family has to rise above. Yeah. And so yeah. as we think about that and talk about that, we just want to treat each other like family. Yeah. Yeah. We just want to love each other like brothers and sisters, mm -hmm. truly care about each other. And so, you know, I have eight children. And uh, I love my children. Did y'all just hear that real quick? Yeah, yeah. he dropped it. Hey. Yeah. We're not good at birth control. I Praise don't know the Lord. <laughs> Praise <laughs> God. That's awesome. But, but, what I I my, lot, but. but when I send my eight children around the table, um, they're all biological. None of them are twins. And so they have a family resemblance. Yeah, so good. They're proud to be part of the Scroggins family. Mm -hmm. But they want to be their own people. Yeah. And I want them to be their own people. Yeah. That's good. I want them to pull for each other, cheer for each other, help each other. I want to be proud to be a part of Team Scroggins. Mm -hmm. At the same time, they got their own personality. Some of them are good at sports. Some of them aren't. Don't I don't know. If they, some of them don't are smarter names. than others. Yeah. Better at school than others. Yeah, yes. smarter. Yes. Better at school. All right. Yeah. Some. Of, I mean, yeah. the taller, yeah. shorter. Yeah. Work your gift. And yet, Hayden, if you came to my house tomorrow and came and visited us and sat down and you got to see my kids, sure. none of them would look alike. But you'd go. That's a Scroggins. That's a Scroggins. Mm -hmm. yeah, that's right. That's what I want that. to be having in our network. That's good. Mm -hmm. That's good. So you talked about that. this compelling vision that. of that's every good. neighborhood in South Florida. Mm -hmm. And I love that. I used to live in South Florida. Mm -hmm. uh, I was wow. a, 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 Where'd you live? A stint in Hollywood. I lived in Davie. Right. Uh, my father-in-law was pastoring. And I know there's a lot of neighborhoods. Oh, yeah. And so... As you've said in a, some past writing that you've done, the math doesn't work. Mm. So if you're gonna plant all these churches and you're gonna reach into all these neighborhoods, what's that leadership model have to look like? Is it just the traditional, let's go to seminary and find some guys, or what is it? Yeah, so I think we've got a couple of things. We're gonna always have the superstar launch large church plant. Yeah. Okay, that's kind of our staple. We've seen that succeed. Those are the ones that speak at conferences, they write books, and, 
and they're really good. At, and we need those because yeah. those become anchor churches in new places. But the truth is, if South Florida, there's 8 million people in South Florida. Ooh. If we're going to reach 8 million people for Christ, we're not going to do it by us, you know, every two years, I try to identify a superstar launch large yeah. planter. Yeah. Well, I hope we can do that. It's a good But word. those costs hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars to fund. They're hard to find, and even they don't bat a thousand. Yeah, that's right. So I kind of feel like the launch large strategy Bars. is almost like the Hail Mary. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So the Hail Mary, you guys like football, right? Yeah. So the Hail Mary, what's the Hail Mary? You're losing. Chuck and duck. You have a chance, but it's a small chance. Mm -hmm. So you throw it up. Every once in a while, the they hit it. Yeah. And when they hit it, what's on ESPN for two days? Yeah. The Hail Mary. Okay, yeah. so our conferences are ESPN. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So what do we what do we highlight? The Hail Mary throwers. Yeah. Hmm. Okay, but that can't really be easily replicated. Right, that's right. So good. All right, so what we need is good, guys who can hit for singles and doubles every mm -hmm. time up. Mm -hmm. And so what we've got to do is we've got to find some other models because yeah. right. that can't be the only model. Yeah. We've just decided to come to South Florida. The math doesn't work because of this. If you come to South Florida, you want to have multiple staff before you start. You're going to have to pay them, you know, seventy, eighty, ninety thousand dollars $90,000 a piece if they're going to live even a modest lower middle class lifestyle mm -hmm. in South Florida. That's a lot of salary dollars. To rent a school or anything else Gosh. could be between one and $3,000 a week. So let's just start there. Mm. You have two staff members Heavy. that make $70,000 a piece all in. That's 140. You're paying $2,000 a week for your school that you're renting. That's another $100,000, 50 weeks a year. You're already at 240. And you have bought goldfish crackers. You have <laughs> bought a truck. You have yeah. bought a yeah, microphone. Okay, right. And so if that's the only method we're going to have, yeah. um, and, then, and then here's what else we found. Yeah, so the highly successful church plan in South Florida after two or three years runs two or three hundred. The best that we have, mm. okay, two or three hundred. The average church plant in South Florida averages $7 per week per attender giving. Wow. Wow. It's tough. Okay. Mm -hmm. So let's do some math. $300, mm -hmm. $7, $2,100 a week. Mm -hmm. Times fifty. Yeah. Hundred thousand dollars. Yep. I already told you we got two hundred and forty thousand dollars in yeah. expenses before yeah. we bought goldfish crackers. Yeah. 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 The yeah. math doesn't work. That's right. Math yeah. doesn't work. And the reason so what happens to us, we raise all the money on the front end, church planner goes in, he's highly successful, runs 150, 200, 300, but at seven dollars a head, he can't maintain a full-time middle class lifestyle for wow. himself and a couple of uh, staff members yeah. in this environment. So after about two or three years, the funding begins to run out, and he's going to be called to another kind of a ministry somewhere else, and he's going to hand it off to guess who? A bivocational church guy. Yeah. yeah. Okay? So what if we skip step one yeah. and the million dollars yeah. Yeah. and just find the bivocational guy who's going to plan his life in South Florida? It might be slower going, but it might be sustainable. We've had some really good success yeah. doing that. That's awesome. Wow. I love yeah. that. Yeah, that, that's similar context that I've, Heard the hottie really share from what That's you the hottest game you've been yeah. playing for 20 years. Come on. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, your heart. I, mean yeah. I mean, part of the, the reality is, is this messing up so many times at the very beginning. Yeah. You know, it's just kind of like, because early on, we were going in and I was like, man, let me front load them. And we was getting them three and $4,000 a month and, you know, and all those things. And then they would get in there in these neighborhoods. And then after the couple years were over, they were like, yeah. All right. I, well, what am I supposed to do? Like, I'm success. We got people coming, but they're these are not people who are able to no. to to give. And yeah. and so what happened was, was like, 
well, am I a failure? The, the, the pastor felt like he was a failure um, mm-hmm. because he wasn't able to get sustainability. And then, or he felt really guilty, or, you know, or the descending church felt really guilty yeah. because it was like, yeah. are you not going to support us? We need with different models. We need 10-year runways. It was yeah. like, well, we can't. Yeah. Like, we don't have it like that where we can just right. give you. And it was just one of those. But somebody's got to do some dirty math. Yeah. Right. So like that's helpful. At your at your that's opening strategic. budget, if it's two hundred and fifty thousand dollars of salaries and facility rental, then you need another hundred and fifty thousand dollars of other expenses. Yeah. Let's go ahead and say right now you need a four hundred thousand dollar budget. Yeah. Well at seven dollars a head, what do you have to run? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. You gotta run like eight hundred. Yeah. Okay, well, what are the chances you're doing that? Okay. That's a Hail Mary. All right. So let's talk talk to us about yeah. the process then. You know, like the bivocational wow. guy or the mm. co-vocational. Let's call it, you know, the co-vocational like guy. Yeah, we like to use the co-vocational. I, I got to switch my... You know, like, no, the co-vo, the co-vo just both. simply means, like, it is an intentional strategy. Exactly. Both you know, because a lot of times bivocational, at least the mindset is yeah, that right. I'm, I'm doing this until yeah. I can. Right. But our thoughts are as co-vocational means, no, this is an intentional strategy that I'm always going to be a tent yeah. maker as mm-hmm. I make a disciple. So talk about, like, is... The process of developing different because obviously they have a job, mm-hmm. right? They have mm-hmm. a job. So in the de- in the development of that, with mm-hmm. you know, talk about how do you develop, you know, the pipeline of developing co-vocational people. Well, personally, I think that they need to be in a. It's better in a network. So I prefer these guys to be in a, a campus instead of an autonomous. Okay. Reason is they're going to need more support. Yeah. yeah. They're going to need more help. They don't have twenty Sense. hours a week to figure out their preaching, and they don't have the education to make good use of that twenty hours, wow. anyways. So let's supply them some tools that will help them preach better, faster. Okay. All right. They're not going to be able to provide a full service um, experience as a pastor like a full-time person would. So they can't counsel everybody and go to the hospital every night and come to all these different meetings. Mm -hmm. They have a job and they have a family. Got to change the expectations. Then we've got to do it as a team. Can't do it alone. So we try to send guys in groups of three or four bivocational, co-vocational people under the umbrella of the Family Church Network so we can coach, help, and resource, wow. but allow them to do it. All with different responsibilities? Or mm-hmm. do they go in predetermined? Do yeah. you have, like, we we have a lead these pastor. three guys? Yeah, we have, like, a lead teaching pastor. We usually start with a teaching pastor, a children's person, and a music person. Because okay. we feel like if you don't take care of people's kids, someone has to preach, and you don't have music in our culture, you're probably not having okay. what's going to be perceived as a church. Mm-hmm. So those are our three kind of anchor points. And when you're saying co-vocational, is this, are these people having... They have full-time jobs in mm-hmm. in doing the pastor, or is it part-time? Like they literally got a twenty-hour uh, job. It could be either one. Thing. It could be either one. But initially, we started with people with full-time jobs. Yeah. yeah. But really, um, we focused on people. There are people in many congregations in many contexts that actually are succeeding in their careers, and they actually have some control over their own schedule. Yeah. So we're targeting people who have already achieved some success and have control over their That's own schedule fire. so that finances are not a big issue for them. Mm. They already are kind of self-motivated, initiative-taking yeah. people. And then we try to put them on teams with other like-minded people and see if we can get... And we've, we've been able to get these congregations up to about 200 with co-vocational teams. Okay. Wow. That's with the, uh, only with live preaching? Oh, yeah. We do live so preaching good. in all of those. Yeah, man. You know, when you, you were sharing just the name and then hearing both of you guys exchange, it reminded me of a, a line that you once said to Heidi that was just transformational for me. And we've tried to coach our church planners with this. And I think you said it like this. You can correct me. But don't set out to plan a church. Set out to establish family. Mm-hmm. Mm. And, and and the church grows out of stolen. Still, still the church isn't like family. Stolen. It is family. So, I yeah, mm-hmm. I just love that name. Yeah. 
Yeah. And, and in the context of church planting, which is what we're talking about, yeah. it, strategically, don't set out to just mm. start a worship service. Right. Set out to establish a family yeah. That'll come. Man, I love it. Yeah. And that's, yeah. I love that. That's out of your heart. Man, this is so helpful. I, I think we want to see a healthy multiplying church in every community across North America. And so we have to be thinking multiplication. So I pray yeah. this episode helps spark something in the hearts of our planters and leaders as they listen. Hey, yeah. thanks for joining us for this episode of the We Are Send Network yeah. podcast. As always, if you want to know more about planting with Send Network, you mm. can text the phrase Send Network to 888-123. Send Network 888-123. Check us out at sendnetwork.com. We're here. SBC 21. It's been a great week. Jimmy, thanks for being with us. Honored to be with you guys. Until next time, We Are Sin Network. You have been listening to We Are Sin Network, a resource of the North American Mission Board. For more information about today's podcast and other relevant resources, visit sendnetwork.com.